Welcome to the desert of the real. Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Bears Nation. This community, this town of Chicago, one of the best sports towns and best fans in the country. They deserve better, and they deserve a better product on the field. And that's why ultimately, I think that decision will be made. Hey, Waterboy! You're fired! It's time for the Bears Nation podcast. We have to understand that you have to score in the red zone. Field goals do you no good. Missed field goals do you no good. You need touchdowns. With your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. Nine total penalties, five personal fouls, one including myself. It sucks losing. Strap it in. It's the Bears Nation podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. Bears Nation podcast, Wednesday, December 22nd. There's officially nothing to be excited for in the Bears fandom anymore, but we're going to keep doing this podcast because there is some things to talk about, including some rookie breakouts that we had in the Vikings game, a disgusting game that you couldn't score double-digit points once again. I believe for the fourth time this year, you couldn't even crack double-digit points. Stunk was awful. Matt Nagy was doing a whole charade on the sideline, trying to act like he cares and act like he's still (laughs) fighting for a job or like he's got a chance of keeping this job because there's no way he is anymore. And the Bears are officially out of playoff contention, so we never have to see for the rest of this season Kevin Lapka's stupid ass in the hunt posts anymore, which in and of itself is a win, honestly. So I think I would have liked, I think I like that more than I would have liked seeing the Bears beat the Vikings anyway. So silver linings, you know, because that's where we're at as far as this season goes. Just silver linings that you have to kind of pick out and hold on to for dear life because it's the only little bit of hope we have. Kevin Lapka, how you doing? Doing all right. Uh, that game was miserable. And unfortunately, yep. it was the most watched Monday night football game in a decade. So honestly, you had I, like, 15.9 million people watching us stink. Do you think they watching- just make these up? Or do you think that many people? Or do you think that many people hate watch the Bears? Well, it's not that these people hate watching the Bears. I mean, it's not they don't they don't tune in. It's not like these people tune in to watch the Bears suffer. Like that's not enjoyable for people who are outside of the Bears fandom. But I, I guess just because the Justin Fields attraction is there, it's a game in Chicago and Chicago market alone. But the, is ju- bring the you Justin numbers. Fields attraction was there against Pittsburgh too, in an actual game that kind of mattered still like this game didn't matter we knew that you know we know the bears aren't a playoff team the vikings are kind of a borderline playoff team they're fighting for that last spot like they don't deserve to be no they don't i mean the the bottom of the nfc is atrocious but i'm just saying in general like i like sometimes i think networks and like with anything with you know like spotify announced today that justin bieber is the first artist ever to have 90 million viewers per month or something or listeners per month like Wow. Like, I think, I think these things are just made up. Like, I think, I think that works. Just like make this shit up because like, for what reason though, why would you want to make that up? Like, like what, what's the reasoning for making that up? You know what I mean? Like, why, why would you want to make clicks? Clicks. Because we're talking about it, aren't we? I mean, I guess. I guess, but I would be shocked, Jake, if they just made up the viewership numbers. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. But nonetheless, a whole lot of people watch the bears do a whole lot of bad things, but a whole lot of people watched some certain players that was as we have already seen in the chat that is already off to a great start with some uh, some viewers who are tapping in the usuals. Um, Thomas Graham Jr. 
is one, a guy who we have talked about, Jake. And yep. it's funny because, you know, if Matt Nagy just listened to this podcast, you know, it's that, <laughs> it's that simple for him. He just listened to Bears Nation podcast. He would have known after week one that Thomas Graham Jr. is a baller and shouldn't be sitting on the practice squad for 15 weeks. And you saw Justin Fields had, you know, statistically one of the better games of his career. Statistically, there were mistakes integrated that we will talk about. But, yes, horrible game. And it's more frustrating, too, because the whole Thomas Graham thing, the whole, you know, all of these other guys starting to show out. Again, we do this every week. It's an indictment on the coaching staff. How do you not see that this guy is a freaking baller? How do you leave it with the issue? Like, I would understand. If you had a cornerback room like you had in 2018 and there was simply no room for Thomas sure. Graham Jr. to play, but you were sitting there week after week knowing what position group on your team was the worst position group on your team. Week yeah. after week, that position group was faltering and you were incompetent enough to keep a guy like Thomas Graham, a six-round draft pick, not an undrafted guy, yep. on the sidelines, on the practice squad. It, it, it's baffling. It's baffling. Yeah. No, uh, and we kind of talked about this a little bit before even the game. We were saying, are we going to see Thomas Graham this week? Should we, you know, seeing, saying we should see Thomas Graham. Uh, Shane, um, honestly, no, Thomas Graham balling out is an indictment on Nagy. I mean, Pace yeah. found him. Pace yeah. found him in the draft. Pace put him there on the roster. I mean, Nagy's in charge of where he's at, dated, you know, week to week, I and mean, which roster he's on week to week. Matt Nagy chose to keep him on the practice squad week after week, seeing him in practice week after week after week. I mean, that that's an indictment on the coaching staff. Pace found him. Pace put him, brought him in the building. It's up to the coaching staff to use him. So, yep. I mean, is Thomas Graham going to play like that every single week? No, I, I don't think Thomas Graham is going to play like a Pro Bowl caliber corner every week. But do I think he is going to be a starter? Yeah. I mean – he played like it for sure. He's like, he's not, and we've talked about it on the show. Chris Nano thought he was a first, second, third round guy, like first three rounds mm -hmm. type of guy. If he hadn't sat out, I saw people say that when Thomas Graham got called up to before the game even happened, people were saying, yeah, Thomas Graham was way higher than a six round pick in my evaluations. And he showed it. And granted, Kirk cousins is a bum. The Vikings are bad, but some of the heads up plays he was making, some of the stifling coverage that he was playing was really, really good. And I am excited to see what he can do next week against Russell Wilson and then against Kirk Cousins again. And then like Mike Glenn and Jake from whatever. Oh, but I mean, that's a pretty good run of building your confidence as a six round pick guy. Like you just had a great game against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Everybody's talking about you. You're the talk of the Chicago Bears right now because yeah. they're a bad team. So people are latching onto that. Then you get a watered down Russell Wilson on a bad Seahawks team. Watered then you get down. Cousins again, and then you or no, then you get Glennon, Glennon or Fromm, Fromm. and then you get Cousins again. Right. Like I, Thomas Graham's come walking into a real nice situation for himself to secure a roster spot for next year. And like Kevin said, Jalen Johnson was your only good corner that you had faith in. Week after week after week, we said Kendall Vildor, another blown tackle, another blown coverage. Guys are targeting him. Highest passer rating in the league when they target him. Terrible. Duke Shelley is serviceable, but then gets hurt. So then you're going to guys like Tease Tabor. Artie Burns got cut, I think, uh, this week. He was bad every week. Uh, he, got, he was on COVID. He was on COVID. Oh, that's what it was? Okay, covid list, But – you know, Desmond Trufant can't even make the team in training camp. Like, you're cycling through these guys over and over and over. And Thomas Graham's wasting away on the practice squad. I mean, you have to wonder in some of those close games, the Pittsburgh game, um, you know, the uh, the first Green Bay game, 
Like if you had a guy like Thomas Graham, maybe some of those things go differently. Maybe some of those games start to go your way. And so it's a, a complete indictment on the coaching staff makes them look terrible. The Ravens game too. Like a lot mm-hmm. of those one score games now, granted like this Vikings game, wasn't really a true one score game. You got a garbage time touchdown that didn't matter for anything. So, you know, but you know, the Pittsburgh game, the Baltimore game, that first green Bay game, a guy like Thomas Graham, even if he doesn't play at the level he played on Sunday, if he plays to impactful eight, enough. 80% of that level, mm-hmm. it's a clear upgrade over everyone else. So complete indictment on the coaching staff looks terrible for them, but I'm excited to see what Thomas Graham can do. I mean, he's the talk of bears Twitter right now and rightfully so. So here's what you have to think about too now though. Okay. Thomas Graham, this, this like him playing on Monday, wasn't any sort of like reward for his nope. well-doings in the practice squad. I need people to know that, that it, this wasn't, oh, Thomas Graham looks really good. Like in practice, like he's been really good. Right. We're going to activate him. Didn't, uh, did not hear a roster. peep about him no. up until this point. It was simply because the guys were out. So now, you know, think about if this had not happened, what would happen to Thomas Graham Jr. If the Bears had not gone through a massive COVID outbreak where all of your, a major, pretty much your, your whole starting secondary is out, this guy would not even gotten an opportunity this year at all. And then think about how that carries over to next year. And the reason why I bring this up is you can now go back and think about all the players in the past who we thought deserved opportunities but didn't get them. And maybe those guys, specifically a Riley Ridley, specifically yeah. – um, I'm trying to think of other names who, who are he's on the really, practice I mean, squad. he is really, he's, the he's really, one, he's the number the one, one yeah. that we talked about the most. Like this, like this can really derail a career if you're just yeah. not given. And, and the, the Riley Ridley situation was similar in like 2019, 2020, where like guys were out, guys weren't performing. You had no reason to keep him on the practice squad or, or keep him on the bench. And he was inactive. He's a healthy scratch every week. And it's just, it's, it's mind boggling because, these are things that, as a coaching staff for Matt Nagy, these are players that help your case going forward. These are players who could help, who could have helped you win games. And if you are still in the fantasy world, Matt Nagy, that you think you can keep your job in 2022, these were players that could probably have helped you achieve achieve that fantasy world that you live in because they are solid players and you kept them on the practice squad. So it's unfortunate to think about all the players in the past who could, who may have gotten this same treatment. And like, again, Thomas Graham could be different. He could be the anomaly that this guy truly just really is a baller. And the other guys that were referencing like the Riley Ridley's and you know, some of those other guys were not like there, there's, there's reason to believe that that could be true, but there's also reason to believe that it's this tendency with Matt Nagy that he's just going to leave these, leave these guys on the bench. And I get worried. Right. I get worried. Right. Because you don't know, like Thomas Graham is going to get the opportunity the rest of the way out. Daz oh, yeah. Newsom might not. Daz Newsom might not. Like these other guys that we're talking about who may who, who are getting this treatment, some of these guys might not get those opportunities. Like you're not going to have the COVID outbreak every week where you're forced right. to move Daz Newsom up to the active roster just so you have a full team. Like, right. And that's scary. I will that's say for, for Daz Newsom, though, it seems like this injury isn't going away for Allen Robinson. And it seems like Jakeem Grant is going to be out for a while with a concussion, right. too. So right. Daz might get lucky and get another week or two here. Um, and maybe they just keep them around to see what they got um, for the last couple of weeks. You know, that, I think that's a very high probability of that happening, too. So, you know, remind, wasn't I know Alex Bars was on the practice squad, at least to start his career with Sam Mustafer as well. I thought he was. Yes, I thought. So, Mustafer I mean, there, there's two more where like they were languishing away on the practice squad forever. 
And then once they came up now, like Alex bars is indispensable. It seems like, I mean, like granted he's your swing tech offensive lineman. Like you kind of bring him in in rotation, but still mm-hmm. like he's a very important piece. Sam Mustafer is your starting center. I can't remember if he was a practice squad guy or not, but um, you know, now we're talking about him. So the chat's probably going to blow up wanting to tear Sam Mustafer apart. So we'll move on from that. Um, comment <laughs> that just got brought up. Should Jesper Horstead be starting? Um, he's another guy. At. He's another guy. Is he not? Do you remember? Do you remember last year when Jesper Horstead was starting, or two years ago? King Both Jesper. really. Like, I, I no, think he, he, I like. I think he's a, a a fine player for what he is, but he's not a starting tight end in the NFL. Like, that's just yeah. not going to happen. Speaking of tight ends, Kevin Lapka, of course. This minute Cole Komet makes a mistake, text me. This guy's a bum. Cut him. He sucks. Then I caught him. I just said, I don't think later. Then then later in the game, Cole Komet goes up and over defender makes a catch uh, in the middle of the field for like 20 yards or something to keep a drive alive. Like that's, what's going to happen. Players have good and bad moments. Like I Cole Komet's going to be on this team. Rightfully so next year, I will continue to die on the Cole Komet Hill. One thing that (laughs) isn't great. And before we get to Justin Fields, Someone that we have to evaluate, speaking of ups and downs, speaking of kind of the good and the bad peaks and valleys, Tevin Jenkins, There, so the penalties, obviously, not good. He was great, I thought. So, well, here's the thing. The penalties, not great. Like, he had another false start. He had the, obviously, then got in the scrum, and that drew a penalty. Like Bullshit penalty. But, but... The fact that he had that Kyle Long mentality, go and protect his quarterback, great, mm-hmm. because we haven't seen that to mm-hmm. this point with Justin Fields, any of the offensive linemen. So that's great. Another good point for Tyvon Jenkins, you see you see the physicality. Like, he's a massive presence. Like, I think he, he had at least one pancake that stands out to me, um, you know, <laughs> down near the goal line. So he's – as long as you can iron out the penalties issues with him – I think you have a legitimate, like he look like he just looks bigger, like than all your other offensive like, linemen. Unbelievable. Like, like you have some big dudes there. Tevin Jenkins just looks like taller, even like he's Crazy. a massive body, but I, I think you have something here granted. And, and the Vikings are an okay defense. They're not like they're, eh, but like, and you're not going to face any like very stout defenses going the rest of the way. But I mean, if he continues to build on this, I mean, I think Tevin Jenkins has a chance to show that he is going to be, whether it's your left or right tackle, whatever they decide, he has a place on this offensive line protecting Justin Fields for the long-term future. Oh, that's obvious. I mean, that's our, that, that's been made apparent. I The thing you have to like most, though, is what you mentioned, that Kyle Long mentality. This is what this team has been missing. And if Allen Robinson... since he left. It, you haven't seen it since he left. And, it, and it's noticeable. Like, these aren't things that just are talked about that aren't noticeable. These things are very, very noticeable. Shanem does say the Vikings do lead the league in sacks. So, you know, it's not a great defense statistically when you look at yards per game and you look at some of the other statistics, but they get after the quarterback. Um, but what Tevin Jenkins brings is more important right now than X's and O's, is, is the intensity, is the passion, is the fire, is the care. It's the care. And... If Allen Robinson would give half the heart that Tevin Jenkins gave in that Monday night game, this team would be, it would be a different team. Like finally. And and this is why this team needs more Tevin Jenkins type players and left Germany, less Germany Fetty's type players. I'm sorry that that's just the way it has to be because Tevin Jenkins goes up there, sticks up for his quarterback. He didn't do anything egregious. He, he, He was talking to the guy. He probably said some nasty words, but he didn't put his hands on the guy. And then a different Vikings defender punches him in the face. So what are you going to do if a guy punches you in the face? You're going to punch him back. 
However, in the NFL, second guy always the the the, right. uh, the victim is always the one who is penalized. That's how it's how it works. It shouldn't be the way it is, but that's it's always the way it is. But after the play, Jermaine Fetty's up in his face, pushing around, saying, "What the hell are you doing?" Like, yeah, Justin Fields goes in the post game press conference and says Jenkins has got to be smarter. But every I get you, every single Bears fan on their couch watching that game was fired up. And was like, let's freaking go. Finally, there's someone who cares about this team. Finally, someone's going to stand up for the quarterback. And then Jermaine Fetty wants to come over here and try to tell him that he's wrong for doing that. I'm yeah. sorry. That's that is the that is just. I mean, does, is that not an indictment on the culture the- too? How you have conflicting you have conflicting um, guys there who who don't know what they're trying to do. Like Jermaine Fetty on one hand is not standing up for him. Jake is, or <laughs> I almost said Jake is on. Tevin Jenkins on the other hand is busting his ass for this team. So. It's like, how is everyone not on the same page with that? Like, how is Jermaine Fetty not going up to that same pile and saying, look, you're going to push my quarterback. I'm going to get in the middle of this too. I mean, even Demir Bird, a guy who was like 5'10", 180, He's was jumping dude. into the pile. Like, it's, it's just, come on. You need more Tevin Jenkins type players. And now you look at the core pieces on offense. Like, you're starting to build around the Tevin Jenkins type guys, the guys who care, the guys who have fire. And those are the type of guys they're going to make this team fun again. They're going to make yeah. this team worth watching. They're going to make this team not I mean, Kyle like Long was a, a loser was a franchise. fan favorite. Exactly. For that reason. Yeah. Like Kyle Long was for the latter half of his career after the back injuries, he wasn't great. Like he was an average off he was an average he was an average offensive lineman. He was. But yeah. everyone loved him and he provided value to the team because he was a leader, because he fired the guys up, because he cared. And those things are arguably just as important as X's and O's sometimes. Why do you think the Detroit Lions just blew at the Arizona Cardinals? Is it because from an X's and O's standpoint, they have a better roster? No, it's because their coach gets them ready to play, and they're going to fight for their damn team. And that gives them a chance to win against the best team in the NFL. I'm sorry, those things matter just as much as the X's and O's sometimes. And Bears have some of that in Tevin Jenkins. Well, it's also like when you when you think about it, well, when you look at it as far as like the you need some of that fight and fight because I mean, Justin Fields went up to the post game and straight up said like, yeah, you know, we do need some of that. We need some of that attitude that, you know, that mean mm-hmm. streak, you know, whatever you want to call it. I forget the exact wording of that, but he's like, we need more of that. We haven't had a lot of that this season. So, yeah, I mean, if you're if your quarterback who you expect to be there or you hope is going to be there for the next 10 years, at least is you know saying like yeah some of these guys need a little bit more attitude or whatever like yeah i mean obviously you love to see that um and obviously the thing is like tevin jenkins is going to be here for the long-term future jermaine fetty is not coming back next year if i had to guess <laughs> based on what we've seen not anymore Borum, based on what we've seen from larry borum jermaine fetty he probably wasn't coming back anyway but you know now with jenkins and borum playing decently at least um you know average to above average I think it's pretty set in, set in stone that Ifedi will not be back, and he can't even stay on the field. The guy's always hurt anyway. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I agree with you. He doesn't really have a place to be scolding, um, you know, Tevin Jenkins. But I think you know the progress from the Packers game to the Vikings game for Tevin Jenkins is very encouraging for a guy who we hadn't seen all year, who we were starting to worry. You know, the the word bust was starting to get whispered yeah. about. You know, it's a very encouraging step in the right direction. So, and I think that kind of settles down some fears that you may have as far as the future of the offensive line. So, yeah, I mean, that's good. And you 
really like to see it. And I have no problem with him having attitude. And like Justin Fields said, if it, you know, transfers over to some other guys, great, because obviously energy and good energy like that and fire is going to lead to better plays from an X's and O's standpoint as well. So we'll see what happens last uh, three weeks too, but it's a step in the right direction. Um, Okay. You mentioned it. Justin Fields had a game. You said it was one of his best statistical performances. Problem is the fumbles still and people. So Joe Ostrowski asked me this today and he said, have you seen, you know, are people starting to blame fields more or are they still all on the hate Nagy trade? It's all Nagy's fault. And I have seen some people start to doubt Justin Fields as well Mm -hmm. because, because of the turnovers mostly not because he, not because he can't throw the ball far, not because he, for lack of talent, it's because of the fumbles and the turnover and the interceptions. Like, I think that it's something that is a concern, but I'm not going to say that Justin Fields is, you know, a bust. I'm not going to say Justin Fields is a bad quarterback. Well, yeah, if you're saying that, I think it's, it's (laughs) yeah, obviously I'm not going to be saying that, but I think it's something that needs to be worked on, but I think it's something you can work on. Like, I think it's something that you can work out the kinks in that like turnovers. Like, it's not like he's, you know, it's not like he's throwing into triple coverage or trying to force throws. Like he's losing the occasional fumble, his pocket awareness for a guy that runs as well as he does. Isn't as great as you'd like it to be. It still seems like he struggles to make the Mm -hmm. clear cut decision. Like, okay, I'm going to tuck and run or Mm -hmm. okay. I'm going to, you know, uh, throw it or I'm going to throw it out of bounds. Like he said that himself too. He's like, sometimes I got to make the decision to, you know, throw it in the dirt or throw it out of bounds. And you know, I got to be quicker about that. That's the thing too. Justin Fields is aware week to week. We've seen this week to week. Justin Fields is aware of what he needs to do better. And he's, and he gets up there and he says it to you. He says it straight to your face. Like, yeah, I got to do this better. Yeah. I got to do that better. So I'm not worried about Justin Fields. Hey, 285 yards and touchdown, no interceptions. You know, he still graded out with a good rating, but you know, lost the fumble. It's something that has, he's been plagued by it all year, but I think you'll see it get better, especially once he gets, a training camp and with a new coach and mm-hmm. works on those things. And he has a coach that actually talks to him on the sidelines and works mm-hmm. on stuff with him and not Nick Foles coaching him. So I think it'll, I think it'll be fine. I think Justin Fields is fine. Yeah, he, he's totally fine. The thing that you have to notice is that all of those mistakes you talked about are more fixable than anything that we talked about with Mitch Trubisky. When your yes. ability to read a defense is not there cognitively, when certain aspects of your throwing motion are just not up to speed with the NFL level. Those are things that you can mitigate and you can sort of survive off of them, but those flaws will always be there. With Justin Fields, it's, okay, I just need to secure the ball a little bit better. I just need to make some better decisions in the pocket. Those are That is nothing cognitively or physically specifically that is going to hamper him for the rest of his career and that's what is encouraging about those mistakes is and also like you talked about his willingness to clean those up what did you see the moment they panned him on the sideline and they 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 don't they do this a lot but the moment after he fumbled and they the camera switched to justin field on the sideline what was he doing he was holding the football in his arms just like this tucking it practicing tucking the football right in his arms on the bench after he made the fumble like that is what great players do instantly they they instantly they know they made a mistake and they were going to do everything they can to not do it the second time 
And he never does do it the second time. And that's why I go back to this game and I look at the stats. I look at everything and I think about the one giveaway and I'm thinking, man, I mean, you saw so much more good than you saw bad. And the only bad was the fact that he tried to kind of be a running back, tried to do too much with the juke and the guy, Cameron Dancer made a good play. I, I will say that, that is it, it. what, what, well, there's one thing that I'd like to point out the jump throws. What, what are we doing with the jump throws? Like where he's like, he jumps in the air and turns his butt. Like he's, he's Derek he's Jeter. Doing that, that much, but he's done it two weeks in a row now. When did he do it on Monday? He, he did it. I I forget exactly when, but he it was tried like, to do it on the screenplay that blown got blown up into the sack. Is that what you're referencing? Yes. Yes. Okay. Like, yeah. I mean, that was, that was tough, but that was the fumble. Know. Wasn't it? No, that wasn't the fumble or he did fumble that play, but they were. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, not the loss. Yeah. But, and he did it against green Bay too. Like again, probably like you're saying, like just trying to do too much and just needs mm-hmm. to like settle it down a little bit. But yeah, I mean, and he, again, he kind of referenced that in the, uh, post game, like just got to get rid of it. Like just got to know to get rid of it. So, I mean, yeah. it'll be fine. I mean, uh, again, and this is what I told Joe, like, I don't think, I still think the overwhelming majority is on Nagy and not on Justin Fields. I think most people are still, yeah, I, I would say 99% of people are still very much on the Justin Fields train. A hundred percent. Well, not if you go on to face, if you venture into the, the dark web, that is bears, Facebook, uh, you know, <laughs> There's some tape. God, how much are how much are uh, you well, going on Bears? I, I, don't, I don't go on Bears Facebook, but th- there's this one Facebook, uh, this one Facebook group, and I'll sometimes like post our YouTube videos in there because there's like a whole lot of uh, followers on there, and it just you know gives us some views uh, if you post in that group. And the people in that chat are freaking ridiculous. But it's all like yeah, like obviously you can still blame Nagy, but also as as Shane M says you have to blame some of the receivers and tight ends. I mean, you do like the drops were evident and like it, they've been evident all year, quite frankly, they've been evident all year. And even, even from some of your best, like even Darnell Mooney has been dropping the ball. But the, the one thing you look at is the Chicago bears have the lowest percentage of wide receiver routes where the player was deemed to be quote open. Is that shocking to you at all? No, not at all. But guess who's top three. Guess the the one two. It's probably obvious who the one two and three teams are in this statistic. If you had to guess who is number one, come on, it's 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 the easiest answer of your life. Who is number one in the league among teams with the percentage of wide receiver routes where the player was deemed open? The the Bears. The no, they're last. Who is first? Think about the it. The amount of drops when they're wide open. No, 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 no. Not the amount of drops. It's the, the stat is the percentage of wide receiver routes where the player was deemed to be quote open. So oh, it's, oh, so it's the okay. So, so it has to be like the Cardinals or the Rams or the Packers. Packers are two. Rams are three. Come on, who's number one? Shane M's giving it to you. Chargers. Shane M's giving it oh, to you. Chiefs. The Chiefs. Right. Obviously. I mean, this was this. I mean, if you want. That's watched, so weird that, like, when we talk about the Chiefs, like, you don't even think of them as an offensive team right now. That's so weird. Well, no, no, well you didn't in the first six games of the season. And they, they're they still an offensive team. They're the best offense in the NFL. They're back to being the best offense in the NFL. Fair. It's not even close. But, like, I, I'm not. This is not to discredit Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, or, or Matthew Stafford. But, your life, those guys are obviously going to be top five in the league in passing yards when 
your receivers are open on the routes 48, 54% of the time. And Justin Fields, in the yeah. meantime, has to, you know, the reason, and everyone's like, well, why is he taking so many sacks? And you go back to the mistakes that people are worried about with Justin Fields. Why is he taking so many sacks? All right, the guy rolls out. He's got no one. He's got no one to throw it to. And though, yes, he he should throw it away sometimes. But what are you going to do if you throw it around? There's four hitch routes and they're all covered. What do you want the guy <laughs> to do? Like it's yeah. it's impossible. They're last in the league. And again, that's that. It's it's both. Like it's both. It's a scheme thing. And we, I think we had this conversation with Jared Payton. Uh, I asked him this when we initially talked about the issues that Allen Robinson had with the separation standpoint. We said how much of that is due to, you know, the inability for the player to get open and how much of that is due to scheme. And he said, well, you know, a lot of it has to do with scheme, but some of it has to do with the the player's inability to just create that separation just off of pure route running. Um, so there, there's issues there, but most of it is schematically that you can't scheme the guys open. So, yeah, when you talk about 99 percent of that falling or agreeing that it falls on Nagy, that is another main statistic where you're not doing your quarterback any services. No, definitely not. And just to go back to Justin Fields post-game press conference one more time, like he did say something, forget what play he was talking about, but he was saying, oh, like I got to use my eyes more or, or use the reads more to find the open receiver. He said something like, got to go down, up, down with the ro- with the route or with the read and then find the open receiver. So I'm like, but so like you see, he knows his mistakes. So, you know, he's working on it. Like Justin Fields is going to be fine. But anyway, <laughs> Bears lose again. They're four and 10. And now we have the Seahawks, who you are seven point dogs against. But this Seahawks team is bad. Like they are they're, not they're good. Bad. Like I, I mean, either Russell Wilson goes or Pete Carroll gets fired this offseason, or both. Who knows? I don't know if they decide to start from scratch. But it's it's weird because like yeah, they're a beatable team, but it's like does it even matter? I mean, I no, guess like yeah, matter. like like I like realistically, if the guys that you want to play well, the next, I mean, obviously you want everyone to play well, but like if Justin Fields and Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum and David Montgomery and Darnell Mooney and Roquan Smith and Thomas Graham and Jalen Johnson, like if those guys play well, it's eight guys, Cole Komet, we'll throw him in there. Nine, the guys you want for next year, if they play well, theoretically you should win. So like, it's kind of like you're still kind of invested in that way. I feel like if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. No, you are. And you're also invested in the way that, you know, if you think about it right now, I'll ask you this. Would you feel it's it's a hard question because the Lions personnel isn't good, but would you almost feel a little bit more confident about the direction of your franchise? If you're the Detroit Lions from just what you have with a culture standpoint with maybe the coach versus what you have with the Chicago Bears because of what you because you've seen them fight every week. Like, like I, I don't, I'm not going to go as, I don't think I'm going to go as far to say that I would rather have their direction of their franchise because the bears have Justin Fields and they have young players. So like, so like, are, you, are you asking, am I more confident in the bears future or the lions future? Sure. I mean, I, I think that's a, I mean, I would still like say, I would still say the bears yes. just because like, I, like, I think Justin Fields by next year is going to be better than Jared right. Goff. Like now, so if you're, yeah. now, now, if you're asking me like, Am I more like, would I lean more towards like morale wise or like that's what I mean. culture that's wise? What I mean. Then yeah, you'd rather yes. have the Lions. I mean, like, like if you were the Lions coaching staff on this team, you're probably a playoff team. Oh God. I mean, I don't know. Uh, maybe. I mean, I mean, think about it. Maybe. I mean, the way they fought, I mean, maybe. You've I had, don't, you've had right. I mean, even off the top, like you have winnable game, like uh, alone off the top of my head, Cardinals game, Ravens game, Steelers game. And that first Packers game mm-hmm. were all winnable games. 
And, and even Minnesota. So, like, even if you want to take that Packers game out of there, this Minnesota game, super winnable. That's mm-hmm. four games. You could have been eight and six. Yeah. Like, I mean, if, it at, wouldn't at take least. a lot for those to flip either. Like, it's not a stretch right, exactly. to say those could flip. So, I mean, and basically what I'm why I'm referencing this is when you, you look at the individual players, yes, but you also have to look and see more of what we saw Monday night that we hadn't seen the, all year, which was, which was the fight from the players. Like, you need yeah. to see – that morale in those players that is there, you know, in, in specifically the younger guys. I want to see the fight in Tevin Jenkins again. I want to see the fight in Justin Fields. And I want to, you know, I saw Justin Fields chirping at the refs. Beautiful. Love that. Love to see that. Uh, I, I want to see the fight in Thomas Graham Jr. again. I, you know, those are things that, that that's important. Those will carry over. And that's the reason. And the reason why I pose that Lions question is, although that team is 2-11-1, and one, although that team stinks from a roster standpoint, like, if you're a Lions fan, like you don't feel that bad about them because you knew from the start of the year you weren't going to compete with that roster right. from a playoff standpoint. But you're like, damn, like we have a coach who's going to fight for our team. We have players who are going to fight, and we have a chance to win every single game because we're going to bust our ass every single Sunday. And I don't want to like toot the horn of a division rival too much, so I'm not going to do it anymore. But that's what I mean when I say those things matter when you talk about the silver linings to look for in the final three games of the year, specifically this game against Seattle. And speaking of you know chirping the refs, Matt Nagy is such a clown. For a t- well, I don't, I, mean, I don't mind him doing it. I, like, I, I mind it now. Why if he had been like this from day one of 2018? Fine. Well, I think he was in 2018, even day one of this season. Sure, let's do that. But yeah. the sudden flip, 14 weeks in, 14 games in, and now you're like, yeah, now I'm gonna be the ranting, raving guy. Like, yeah, now mm-hmm. I'm gonna be the guy that cares. Like, too little, too late. It. it Exactly. Like, and he's like, I I think even in 2018, he was that guy to an extent that it made sense. Like the, the fake Mike Vrabel esque uh, (laughs) challenge flag spike was so gratuitous. Like, come on, man. What, like, what are you doing here? Like, this is such a, such a clear, like shtick of I'm going to try and keep my job by just going way too deep into being the angry fired up guy. Like, <laughs> like, what is he going to do next? You have a hold me back coach next. Like it's dumb. Like it's it, dude, your, your fate is signed and sealed already. Yeah, it's too late. Delivered. Like maybe this would have worked if you started at week one against the Rams, it's week 14. You're going into the game three and t- or four and nine. Like it's over, dude. It's too late for that. Like, get out. like it was just, it was annoying, but good anyway, point. it's a good but point. Anyway. Uh, more on the Seahawks game thing with the Seahawks too, is they're dealing with a whole, I mean, the bears are dealing with COVID stuff, but so are the Seahawks. So I think like, you're going to have a good chance to win this game. And like I said, Russell Wilson, yeah, he came back from that finger injury, but he hasn't been the same guy. Not even kind of, he refused to no. throw a DK Metcalf for some reason. That's super weird. They're like, they're just not a good team. This, this is not the, the Seahawks of five years ago. Also, uh, real quick, before we go into the, real quick, I wanted to, something I didn't bring up. I think Sean Desai deserves a heck of a lot of credit for getting his team ready to play with basically an entire oh, backup yeah. secondary against a passing offense that people thought, including myself, uh, w- would tear them apart. Well, I mean, I well, I was pretty, and considering he wasn't in the building because he had COVID, right? And then all like like T's Tabor, we're talking T's Tabor, we're talking Dion Bush all over the we're field. We're talking D Virgin and Christian, Bo Pete T's. Bo Pete Keys, bro. Like, Bo Pete has, Keys. These are made up guys. D Virgin. These these are Madden created players. Madden created players held 
Kirk Cousins to the lowest passing yard yeah. total of his career. His career. And a stretch where Kirk Cousins having the best stretch of his career before yeah. this. Best pat he his touchdown to interception radio is second in the NFL. Next ratio was second to the NFL next to Aaron Rodgers. Sean DeSlaves deserves a heck of a lot of credit. That those secondary guys deserve a heck of a lot of credit for what they did. I thought I tweeted. I said Justin Field or Justin Jefferson might break the single game uh, receiving. We, yard, we all, record. we everybody, all thought it. Everybody thought in it. the world going into that game thought that Justin Jefferson was going to have the night of his life, and it, and it looked like that early. He he yeah, caught the he caught the early touchdown. touchdown, and everyone's like, "Oh, great, here we go," and that was it. I mean, yeah, but, I mean, that and, was very impressive. And again, like the reason why, yeah, Adam Thielen is out and that allows the Bears to double team Justin Jefferson more, but they did that. And like that, that's a great job by Sean Desai to, to know exactly who the threat is offensively for yeah. the, for the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Know that you can neutralize Dalvin Cook because apparently I was wrong about Akeem Hicks. I was yeah. terribly wrong about Akeem Hicks. I mean, the guy credit, I was wrong. Credit guy to Akeem still, Hicks because yes. he continues oh, week in and week out to like, this is the second or third straight week where he's mentioned like, Oh, I want to give a proper send off to Chicago. That guy knows he's not coming back and he's still going out there and just leaving it all on the field. Like that is very classy. What a move. And, and he was a force and I was wrong because I said on this show, I said, I don't think he's that same X, but but also we forgot about his, we we forgot about his personal rivalry with Dalvin cook. That is true. He's the world's greatest defender against Dalvin cook. It's, it's (laughs) unbelievable. Um, And then one other thing, you better get ready for it. Sorry, Joe Ostrowski. Robert Quinn's going to break the single season record. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for the Chicago Bears. Knock on wood. But the guy's fucking unbelievable. He, he, he's going to cruise past that number. Man, he, he's going to cruise past. I mean, the it's guy se- is, it's uh, 17 and a half. He's at 15 and a half right now. 15. Yeah, and I could not be happier for the guy. I could not. I mean, the guy is busting his ass in a comeback year after last year when you know, he had two sacks and everyone wanted to write him off. And he, it's, 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 he's it's, at 16 it's, right now. So he, so he needs two. He needs two to pass. If he and gets he two has game, Kirk Cousins he, again. And then he has the Giants. Okay. If he gets two against the Seahawks, if he gets two and a half against the Giants and two against uh, the Vikings last week of the year, he ties the all time NFL yeah, record for the single, single season, season sacks. Which is not impossible. Russell Wilson runs himself into sacks sometimes. Jake Fromm or Mike Lennon, you are going. Robert <laughs> he, he will might get, get a sack. He might get three or four in that game. He might get three or four of the first quarter against Jake See, Fromm so, or Mike. Well, Lennon. here, here, here's the conversation I was having with Joe. Though, there's a very real chance that going into the last week of the season, oh god, that let's say let's say Robert Quinn only gets one over the next two weeks, and he's sitting at 17 going into the last game of the season against the Vikings. Sean Desai's office. Ring, ring. Hey, this is George McCaskey. Shut You're sitting Robert up. Quinn this week. You're sitting up. Robert no. Quinn this week. No. I, I completely oh. and absolutely believe no. that they would do that. No. Now, I think it's like I like I think he there's a real chance he gets two in the next game and it's gonna be too late. So they won't even make it to the last game to even do that. But I could totally see that happening. Knowing Ryan how this organization say, no, works. No. Dude. Ryan Pace would be like, nah, this is the guy that I paid all this money for, and y'all will give me shit for him after this year. So I, I mean, need he, to get that record to make it look he, better for me. He's already <laughs> paid it off for this year. Like he he's made his like he he's, he's made his money and more. He's made his money and more this year. For this season, at least. For this like, season. I, like, yeah, I, I could totally see them doing this. But okay, let's do predictions for the Seahawks game. We've talked mm-hmm. about it. They're just not the Bears are bad. Seahawks are also not great, though. 
Russell Wilson, I mean, are you really that confident that he turns in? Because, I mean, this defense is still playing pretty hard. We just talked about it. We just gave Sean Desai a bunch of praise. Do we really think Russell Wilson turns into vintage Russell Wilson? No. Against, I mean, you might, you probably, hopefully have Jalen Johnson back. Yeah, too. you will. So You will, I believe. Jalen Johnson, got, Thomas Graham. Uh, activated today, too. And Eddie Jackson. So you got Eddie Jackson back, you have Jalen Johnson back, and you have Thomas Graham continuing a breakout, hopefully. I think it's going to be a rock fight. I like I, whatever the total is. I don't know what it is right now, but I mean, this game might not break 40. It might not. There's, there's a good chance. Uh, I'm going to take the bears. Why not? Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. What, what better way to celebrate than picking the bears? Oh, wait, I do that every week. Just kidding. I haven't done that every week. Let's check myself here. Uh, I've been very measured in my predictions with the bears, but at this point, I'm sorry. I don't care. So I'm going to pick the bears because what the hell do I have to lose? So bears by Four, I'll go 24-20, Bears win. Justin Fields, Pat, Russell Wilson passes the torch to Justin Fields because they're the whole player comp and every, you know, all that dumb you shit. You love this passing I love the, the passing torch. The torch. You, you love that uh, analogy. Uh, and uh, Shane M says, I foresee a Bo Pete Keys, <laughs> Andy. If Bo Pete Keys and D-Virgin, one of them gets an interception, we will come on this show and we will do something crazy on Monday. I don't know what we'll do, but we'll do something crazy if one of those guys hold us to it. Come back to the chat on Monday. We'll do something absurd if one of those guys gets an interception because they won't. So. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll figure something crazy out. If, what if do you got? Though? Uh, honestly, I think I'm going to take the Bears too. I this Seattle team's just so defeated. Wow. Because is it why in not? Seattle? Are we? Yes, in it's, in, it's in Seattle. Okay. Mm. Nah, just, just, just take the bears, yeah, whatever. Screw it. Let's go. screw it. I'll go bears win 14 13. Electric. Just just an absolute rock Ew. fight. I will say Ew. my bold prediction will be a Thomas Graham interception. Okay. I think not Bo Pete Keys. No, I will go with someone who's actually potentially a long term piece for this team. Uh, so I'll go Thomas Graham interception for my bold prediction as well. Fair enough. All right. Well, that does it. We will be back on Monday to recap the Seahawks game. And if one of those interceptions happens, we will do something crazy. But, hey, Robert Quinn might be the new Bears uh, single-season sack leader when we come back on Monday. But until then, Merry Christmas to everyone. We always appreciate you listening, watching. We love you guys. We'll see you Monday. Happy holidays. Until then, bear down. Bear down.